see, when you and I get bitter, we never keep it to ourselves. He said, if you don't take care of the offense right when it happens and respond to the grace of God to empower you to forgive, then down are going to go the roots of bitterness. And as goes the root, so goes the fruit. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The number one weapon Satan uses against the church is offenses. And the good news is, Jesus taught us how to walk free of them. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Disarming Your Giants, with a look at the giant of offense. You know, I've been a senior pastor for over 30 years now, and I can tell you for certain that offenses are Satan's most effective weapon against God's people. Jesus once said that it was inevitable that offenses would come. We all deal with them. Someone says or does something that hurts or angers us, and if we don't deal with that offense quickly, the offense will deal with us. This is a message you really don't want to miss, so grab your Bible and follow along as I share the message, Disarming the Giant of Offense. The word offense that Jesus used comes from a Greek word, and you'll recognize this word, scandalon. Scandalon is the Greek word for offense. And the way I remember it, the way I like to look at it is, when you're offended, there's a scandal going on. Scandal on. In your soul, there's a scandal going on. An offense scandalizes our faith. Now, let me just explain the way an offense works. We've all seen a mousetrap. You've got that little lever you pull back oh so gently, and you attach it to where it doesn't snap back on your finger. And then there's that little metal mechanism that you put the cheese on. And you know that when the mouse comes up to nibble on that cheese and he tricks that little mechanism, pop! That mouse is in heaven. <laughs> now, the offense is the little metal mechanism in your soul. You get offended. And when you get offended, it triggers a trap that comes down on you. And it sets into motion a cause and effect relationship that is negative. And I'm going to explain it more in just a moment. But when you get offended, you have come into a trap. If you don't know how to get out of that offense, it's going to trap you, snare you, and it's going to affect your whole Christian walk. That offense. Another good way to look at an offense is you're walking down the road and you're doing great and you're making good time, minding your own business, just walking down the road, looking straight ahead, and you don't see in the middle of the road there's a protrusion coming up in front of you out of the road that you don't see. And you're walking along and suddenly you trip and you fall flat on your face because you didn't see that protrusion coming. And you fall. That's what an offense does. An offense catches us off guard. We don't see it coming. And when it happens to us, it happens so suddenly 
and there is such an emotional impact with the offense that we stumble and we fall. It stops you on your journey when you're offended. And it depends on you as to how long it's going to remain. It becomes an impediment to your walk, to your continuing on in the will and the purpose of God for your life, an offense. When you're really offended, when you've really been leveled with an offense, uh, it affects your prayer life. It affects your peace of mind. It affects your relationship with God. It affects your relationship with others. It is a paralyzer. It is a hindrance. Listen, Jesus considered offenses so important that he gave several teachings on how to avoid remaining offended because he knew what it could do to you. He knew the impact it would have on our spiritual life. Now, let me give you several ways that we can be offended. First of all, do you realize you can be offended with God? You can be offended with the gospel? Jesus said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. A lot of people hear the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And the call to repent. And they are offended when they hear that the only way they're going to be saved is through Jesus Christ. When you say that to some people... They trip and they fall. The, the trap springs because they don't like that. Something inside of them becomes offended. So you can be offended at the gospel, offended at Christ. He's called the stumbling stone and the rock of offense. An offense can be a temptation to sin. When somebody lures another person into sin, lures them into doing something they know is wrong, that person in the eyes of God is an offender and the one who succumbs to the temptation is the offended. They have been made to trip and fall over alluring the temptation to sin. That's why these people, we live in such a sin-saturated culture. Just take the pornography trade for a minute. All those people involved in that temptation in tempting others to look, in tempting others to stumble into lust. Every one of those people are going to answer to God for being offenders, offenders who lured others into sin. And a lot of times people that come into the trap that they set never come out. And so the original setter of the trap is going to answer to God. Jesus said, woe to the person who causes another person to sin. When Jesus speaks a woe over you, over you, you need to say, woe. Okay? An offense can also be a hurt brought on by the words or the actions of another person. Somebody says something or does something and you are hurt. It pains you. It wounds you. And you are offended. You are made to be angry. It brings bitterness of soul when somebody hurts you offends you. You know, all the time we hear in our culture, I'm offended. I'm offended. Our whole culture is offended. You hear it all the time. Now, sometimes I think they're taking it too seriously, but other times you really are offended. Somebody says something, does something that might be in church, might be in your family, might be in your marriage or your workplace, but somebody says something, does something, and you trip and you fall and the trap springs because the trap is you are being flooded with negative emotions that you can't get out of. And it's interrupting your vertical relationship with God. Or an offense can cause a person to become jaded and skeptical about the reality of the Christian faith. 
such as the hypocritical lifestyle of a professing believer. You hear that all the time. There's all kinds of people that are not in church today throughout America because they saw somebody professing Christianity, but then not living the life. And if they were a young believer, they tripped and fell. They stumbled over what they saw. Now, I think sometimes to say, well, I'm not going to church because of all the hypocrites is hypocritical in itself. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, to say you're not going to go to church because of all the hypocrites is like saying you won't go to a gym because of all the out-of-shape people in there. Hey, everybody in here is out of shape. We all need to be more fit. Guess what? You're out of shape too. So come in here and help us. Let's all together get in shape spiritually. Okay. Jesus said, whoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. The little ones there, he's not talking necessarily about children, but he's talking about people young in the faith. So the world tells us it's all about you. But Christianity tells us it's all about them. We live our lives not unto ourselves, but unto God and unto others. And you know what? That's where the greatest happiness comes from, not living for you. Selfish people are the most miserable people in all the world. That's free. That wasn't even in my note. You can just take that and run with it. But here's the deal. Whatever it is that causes the offense, the giant of offense comes stomping and thundering into your life. If it's not disarmed, it can literally dominate your whole life. You live as an offended person. I've known people, I've been pastoring 30 years. I've known people whose whole life was eaten up and consumed with an offense. They never got over whatever it was. They have no joy. They have produced no spiritual fruit. And when you talk to them, though the offense may have happened years before, it is the one thing, the only thing they talk about when you sit down with them in the first five minutes. The offense comes pouring out, and you think it happened last week until they let you in on the fact that it was 20 years ago. The man, they live with it. They die with it. They sleep with it. They live, eat, and breathe that offense. And it's choked out their whole life. And I've also seen this. The way that a bitter, offended person can pollute others with their offense. This is where the verse comes in in Hebrews. Listen to this verse, Hebrews 12, 15. Watch this. This is so key. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Let me stop right there. This is telling us that when you get offended, hurt, you're angry, you're bitter, you're seething, you're you're really upset. An offense has happened to you. The grace of God is immediately extended to empower you to forgive. And the Bible says that you can come short of that grace. You can fail to respond to that grace. And when you fail to respond to it, here's what happens. A root of bitterness goes down. And eventually it springs up, causing trouble. How do you spell trouble? Offense. And many are defiled. See, when you and I get bitter, we never keep it to ourselves. It's not going to stay with you and me. He said, if you don't take care of the offense right when it happens and respond to the grace of God to empower you to forgive, then down are going to go the roots of bitterness. And as goes the root, so goes the fruit. If you have a root of bitterness, the fruit of bitterness is going to come out and it defiles many people and it causes trouble. So here we've got a person 
who has not received God's grace at the beginning of an offense to help them to forgive the offender because the grace is there. And grace is what empowers you to do the will of God. Here's what they do instead. If they resist the grace of God, they go through a pattern. Here's the pattern. First, they nurse the offense rather than letting it go. Just picture me holding a little baby right here. Here's my offense. And instead of forgiving and being freed of the offense, I nurse it. Bless God, I'm hurt. And bless God, I'm going to stay hurt. I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to hang on to this. I'm not going to let it go. Anyway, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Well, you know what? Neither do you deserve God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness comes by grace. Okay? So we say, they don't deserve my forgiveness, so I'm not going to let them off the hook, and I'm not going to forgive them, because if I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook, and I'm not ready to do that. So every time I see them, instead of letting them off the hook, I'm going to give them the look. (laughs) And you know what that look, it's daggers coming out. Uh Uh-huh. They may not know about you, but I know all about you. I got your number, and I'm not about to forgive you because I'm going to punish you for what you did. But see, if you decide through revenge to dig a grave, you might as well dig two. Because when you take revenge on another to bury them, it's going to bury you. So they nurse it, and then they rehearse it. They rehearse it. They got a loop going on in their mind. It's hit on rewind. And they go through the offense over and over again. They go through that offense several times a day. What he did, what she did, what they did, how you were wronged, how you were stabbed in the back, how you were betrayed, how you were lied to. And it just goes on a loop in our mind. It's looping. And you live it. It's in the theater of your mind. You're watching a movie every day. And it's the same movie, what they did, what they said, how they did it, how bad it was, how much you were hurt. Loop, 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 loop. And you know what you do when you nurse it and you rehearse it? You're eventually going to disperse it. You can't keep it inside. Finally, they disperse the offense by sharing it with others. And you know what they do when they share it with others? They're basically saying, I want you to take up my offense. I want you to pick it up with me. I want you to be offended with me because, you know, misery loves company. Misery hates being alone. Misery always looks for company. So you want to gather around yourself a group of people who know how bad that person is right along with you and who will be mad at them with you and they pick up your offense. Let me ask you a question. If I was holding a skunk today, if I was holding a skunk and he has not been deperfumed or whatever it is you do to them, he can still squirt you and still do that terrible thing that skunks do. And I came up to you and said, excuse me, I need to go talk to somebody. Would you hold this skunk for a minute? How many of you would say, oh, well, sure. No, you would say, no way, thank you, but no thank you. And yet, we take up the skunk of someone else's offense all the time. And you know what? It stinketh. And then we give it to somebody else and then to somebody else. Now, the way this happens in a church, eventually you've got several people who have been brought into the original person's offense And they have picked up the offense, and they're all holding the skunk, and they all sit together in one section. Now, I'm just using y'all as an example. The skunks always sit in the skunk section. They sit together in the skunked section. 
because birds of a feather. So when you're all offended about something, you tend to congregate and sit in the same section. We might as well just put up a sign that says skunked section. Now over here, so that's the offended section. Then over here, you've got the offender. The offender has gone out. He has found out that the offended are sharing negative reports about them. So they begin to defend themselves and they gather around themselves defenders of the offender. And they get in this section. Now I'm the preacher. I get up here and I look out and I see this section giving this section the look. This section looking back with the look. And people walk in here visiting the church and they say something is wrong because God's not moving. You know why? Because God doesn't move in the presence of an offense. God blesses unity. There he commands a blessing. When there's unity, you don't even have to pray for a blessing because God commands a blessing. You think this doesn't happen? Oh, that's why you need to preach on this at least once or twice a year. So the offended person nurses it, rehearses it, and then disperses it. Now you've got it moving, and the same thing happens in a business. It happens among families and the in-laws. You can have family split. Now look what it says. Because of this, many, because of this one offended person, many become defiled, affected, tainted, stained, skunked. I've seen so many Christians fall into this trap. They listen to the offended person without ever hearing the other side of the story. And if you counsel for more than a week, you realize quickly there's always another side. They listen to the offended person without ever hearing the other side of the story. Then they rush to judgment. The target of the evil report is tried and convicted in the court of public opinion without a fair trial. Happens all the time. Solomon warned about this. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers a matter before he hears the facts from both sides is a fool. It's a folly and a shame to him. If you answer a matter without hearing the other side, then it's a folly. It's shame. It's foolish because you're never going to be able to deal with the real situation until you hear both. But people in the church are judged, prosecuted, and ostracized all the time without a hearing. Solomon says, now watch this, he warns that the words of this offended person have lethal power. Proverbs 18 verse 8 says, the words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. What a lot of folks don't realize is that your soul can be wounded like your body. You can have your soul cut. It can bleed. It can be bruised. And when we listen to an offended person and don't use wisdom, that's why I wish God had given us ear lids as well as eyelids. Because if you had ear lids, you could just close them. Eyelids, you can close your eyes and say, I shouldn't look at that. But ear lids, you got to walk away. But he's saying, when you listen to the words of an offended person, they are first ingested, you take them in, and then they are digested. They literally become a part of you, what you heard. I was at a table one time with a group of well-known preachers 
I was a little shot among big shots. That's the way I looked at it. That's why I didn't say much. These were well-known national people, and I was at the table. And so I was just listening to them. And it was kind of neat. We were fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, one of these preachers popped off. And he said something very damaging about a preacher that it just so happened I listened to every Sunday. This was back a while back. I listened to every Sunday before I went off to church. And they got me up. They got me excited. They got, kind of got me stirred. It was just a little shot in the arm I gave myself every Sunday before I went off to church listening to this one preacher. And it was about that preacher that this other preacher popped off and said something very negative. Well, you know, I went about my business and went through the day. And a few weeks later, I'm driving to church and the Holy Spirit kind of eased up to me and said, Jeff, why aren't you listening to brother so-and-so? anymore. And of course, when the Lord asks you a question, it's always rhetorical. The answer is in the question. Okay. And I knew what he was saying and I knew exactly what he meant. When I heard what I heard without even being aware of it, I ingested it. I digested it. I began to view him through the lens of the evil report And it cut me off from listening to him. The power of an offended tongue. I found out that the preacher that said that about the other preacher had had an issue with him and had not settled it biblically. So he was carrying a bitterness against him. And it reached up. It defiled many. It defiled me. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I should never have listened to that. I shouldn't have put much credit to it. And immediately, I got free, and the very next Sunday, I was watching him again and being blessed like I used to be. One commentator writes, They, the offended gossiper, wound the reputation of the person of whom the tale is told. And they wound the person to whom it is told. And destroy his love and affection for his friend. We have to be so careful what we say about people. And all this damage flows from an offended soul. Now, I believe the giant of offense is the number one, the number one weapon against the church today. Churches regularly split over offenses. Well, I hope today's message helped you in dealing with the offenses in your own life or armed you for the day when you are offended. Nothing is more important than our staying free in Jesus, particularly regarding offenses and Satan's attempt to develop a root of bitterness in our hearts. And you know, Life Talk has an abundance of resources available for you at our Life Talk website. You'll find a large archive of past messages free to download, as well as other helpful materials. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. We would love to have you visit. Be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Offense. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff, and if you appreciate the straightforward Bible teaching you hear on Life Talk Radio, 
you can help us continue to be a voice of truth on this station. Call toll-free at 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us any time, day or night and make a donation to Empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Disarming the Giant of Offense is the third message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.